As soon as there started to be talk of the Jags moving on from Calais Campbell, we have been saying all along for months yep. between us yep. that this guy is going to end up in Baltimore. Everything about him screams Raven, and it is absolutely no surprise to me that he is ending up in Baltimore. You're one of those people that stocked up and ran ran through their stockpile over the weekend, No, I'm trying to ration things here. I do <laughs> think the Ravens will use one of their picks in the first two rounds. So they now have three of them to take yeah. a wide receiver. Welcome into the lounge. Do I sound a lot better? Because I got a fancy new microphone and even bigger bigger news than that. That's that's not the breaking news here, the, break, the biggest news. The big news is... We can finally talk about Glass Campbell. Hey! Did you know this is this is probably the first time that any listeners have heard that the Ravens have worked out a trade to get Glass Campbell. We're breaking the news on that. Exactly. Breaking news. Breaking news. We're glad to be able to talk about it. We have been biting our tongue for the last three days or whatever it's been, but we're excited to dig into that conversation today. Should be really good. Yeah, for sure. Uh, do we have an email here first off, Gary? We do have an email. Actually, this email uh, comes to us from uh, Dave, uh, who actually I know is a neighbor of mine, Dave. a friend of mine, Dave Workmeister. Uh, so he said, with none of the purely hypothetical deals that have been half announced, not including with, – with none of the purely hypothetical deals that have been announced, not including a wide receiver for the Ravens, does that increase the spidey sense that this is going to be attacked with the first two picks in the draft? There seems to be a lot of double negatives in there, but I think I know what's going on. I know, Dave threw me for a loop. He also said, he, he, he said, let him know if I need toilet paper. So, you know, you've been giving me a hard time saying that I don't have enough supplies, but Dave's got my back in case I need anything. I can just go knock on his door. Have you ordered the, your bidet yet? <laughs> I haven't done that yet. <laughs> um... Anyway, that, yeah, that's a good question. I think a lot of people are now wondering uh, after the Clayus Campbell move and other reported moves, uh, you know, what's next? That's that's a, it's it's so funny, man. That's how people work. Everybody, it's it's you get something really good, you get this new shiny toy, you're like, oh, this is nice. This is it's like Christmas, you know. You're opening your presents. Oh, this is nice. Oh, that's great. I wanted that. Yeah, 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 yeah. What else am I getting? Right. right. <laughs> um, so, according to uh, reports that are out there. Um, the Ravens have about seven to nine million dollars remaining under the cap after all of these moves and reported moves are taken into consideration. Um, so that's you know that's not nothing, uh, but it, it's not like I think that they have. I don't think they have a lot of room for another big move. Um, so I think the Ravens still, to me, I would be surprised if they didn't add an inside linebacker before the draft. Um, I would assume probably a veteran. Uh, and I, I would also be a little bit surprised, I think, if they didn't sign some kind of, uh, some kind of wide receiver, I would think. I, I think that maybe that doesn't happen before the draft, but I think that there will be another veteran wide receiver on this team. I mean, Seth Roberts already has a, a agreed to a new deal with the, who was it? Not the Bills. Panthers. Panthers. Yep, the Panthers. Um Chris Moore is still a free agent. So, you know, you have some, some openings there. Um, and I, I wonder if the other move is going to be obviously on the offensive line. That's the other position they have not 
addressed since the retirement of Marshall Yonda. To me, it makes sense to, to get, like we talked about yesterday, some kind of veteran in there so that you're not pigeonholed into starting Ben Powers or draft pick X. But none of those moves, I think, are going to be like some big, big move. They might be a player you know, but I think that that's going to come in the second or third wave of free agency. Just to get back to the specifics of Dave's question, I think the answer is yes. I think the Ravens are going to take a receiver within the first two rounds this year. He said first two oh. picks. Oh, sorry. Did I, I totally issued the entire question there? You kind of went off on your own tangent, which is not new. <laughs> my, I'm kind of used to that. Might be. I'm kind of used to that. But to New microphone, back... still the same terrible content, <laughs> not answering your actual question. <laughs> We're talking about offensive line. We're talking about uh, defensive front. I don't even know what you're talking about. Uh, but I do think the Ravens will use one of their picks in the first two rounds. So they now have three of them to take yeah. a wide receiver. Um, yeah. And that's a good spot. You know, it's interesting. The receiver market has been a little quiet and a little slow in free agency. Not just for the Ravens, but just in general. And the sense of and the feeling behind that is that teams are trying to decide if I go out and pay – $8 million for a receiver, is he going to be better than the player I would get in the second or third round of this year's draft? Because the receiver class is that good and that deep. So mm-hmm. that is why there's not as much spending happening on the receiver front. Um, and so, yeah, I think that I think the Ravens are going to address that spot uh, in the draft early. So, um, Well, can I, can I come to my defense here real quick? Because we also got an email from Ryan Banbury. He said, can you talk a little bit about the Ravens remaining cap space after all the additions and how much they have and realistically what additions can be made with the funds available? So I think I was reading that on my computer as I was answering the other questions. So, so to Ryan, if you just want to rewind about two minutes there and get back into my nonsense, you'll get your answer. Right. And I got Dave, I got his back. So there you um, go. we love hearing from you guys. So email us at the lounge at ravens.nfl. Net. Uh, thanks so much for the questions. But let's talk about the biggest story. Uh, you know, we've been waiting for, for four days to talk about it. Now we're answering questions, not even talking about the Clay's Campbell news. Uh, let's dive into that. Um, here's here's the true thing. And, and Make and I always argue about who had things right and who was who made the right predictions and all that. But something that we, we were on the set for the past few months as soon as there started to be talk of the Jags moving on from Calais Campbell we have been saying all along for months between us that this guy is going to end up in Baltimore feels like a raven walks like a raven talks like a raven everything about him screams raven and it is absolutely no surprise to me that he is ending up in Baltimore yep go back and watch mailbag here's the headline for it's mailbag how early should the Ravens draft a wide receiver? Go in there and watch that about three minute mark. You'll hear my take that on Calais Campbell. I kind of went on another classic mink rant saying, yeah, this, this is going to happen. This is, I would be surprised, you know, if he becomes available, I got a feeling he's coming to Baltimore. I mean, the Ravens like big guys up front. Calais Campbell is a literal giant. As I said on mailbag, literally the man you know, you go up a beanstalk for this guy. It's just, it's crazy how huge he is. He's also a, a team captain and he just won the Walter Payton man of the year award. So very active in the community. Great guy that checks another huge box. As Eric Takasi even said in his release that, that, that was a very, he said the most important factor 
uh, in signing Calais Campbell. I'm not sure, you know, I think the play on the field is also very important, obviously, <laughs> but, but, but that, that is, that is definitely a huge thing for the Ravens. You know, is this guy a good person and is he going to be good in the, in our community in Baltimore? Calais Campbell is, um, and he, he's just, he also offers pass rush for a team that needs pass rush from his defensive lineman after four sacks out of the down lineman last season. Uh, it's, it's it makes sense on a lot of levels. Yeah, I, I mean, this is the kind of guy that that is just a home run. I think when you look at what the Ravens need, um, you lose Michael Pearson free agency. He goes up to Minnesota, um, but now you can put Calais Campbell right there next to Brandon Williams and the other reported moves that have taken place. Um, you know, the reports of signing Michael Brockers and the reports of re-signing Jihad Ward uh, and Justin Ellis. You know based on what's happened and what's been announced and also what's been reported in the media, it's clear that the Ravens have prioritized strengthening that defensive front. I mean, it's going to be for as long as, as long as time the Ravens have talked about how stopping the run is the top priority. um, And the moves this off season are a clear indication that that is still the priority, even in today's NFL. Uh, We saw in the playoff game, you know, what can happen when, when it's tough to stop the run. Um, And the Ravens are going to be able to stop the run. They're also going to be able to get after the passer um, with God, with Calais Campbell. I mean, here's the thing too. It's a a twofer. Yeah, it's both. It's both. It checks both boxes. Like also when you look, you know, you, I see him and I'm like, okay, 13th season physically, Still looks great. I'm just kind of wondering, is he as good as he used to be? It's kind of my thought. Um, But then you go and you look at it, pro football focus, still incredibly highly rated. Production is still there. Like, he does not seem to be falling off at all. He seems to be getting better. He's like a fine wine. He's getting better uh, in the latter years of his career. So, Well, this is classic Ravens. This is what what the Ravens do, is they don't pay for other people's free agents who are looking for their second contract right? Those deals are crazy expensive. And sure, like you get the guy in there, quote unquote, I'm doing my air quotes over here in their prime, right? But the Ravens, they pounce on that third contract, or I'm not sure if Calais is on his fourth, I'm not sure. But I mean, they've had so much success over the years of this. Look at Steve Smith. Look at some of these other veterans that they've had that they've gotten near the end of their career on a third deal or a fourth contract. And why can't those guys still play? I mean, you learn you get better it's not like you physically i think especially at some of these positions like defensive end that you fall off a cliff in your early 30s now maybe running back is an exception or whatnot you know but at some of these positions like the more you learn you learn what opposing offenses are doing the better you get and i think it's just it's a misconception that these guys all of a sudden can't play now that they're in their 30s the Ravens have a long history that states otherwise. Well, I mean, another one that stands out to me is Eric Weddle. He was on his yeah. third contract, and the Ravens get him, and he ends up being a difference maker for the defense for several years. Goes to the Pro Bowl, I think, three straight years while he was in right. Baltimore. So, Mike Wallace. Yeah, Wallace is a good example of that. So there's plenty of, you know, you get you get the bargain, um, and you get a veteran. Like, Clayus Campbell somebody who's going to walk into the locker room from day one, have immediate respect on that defense um, and really be, I think a, a, a kind of a foundational force both on and off the field uh, for, for that defense, you know, him yeah. and Brandon Williams are going to be the leaders of the defensive front. Um, and I just think that having his, well, well and Brockers, 
and report and reportedly Brockers. Uh, I mean, here's another team captain and, and very much in the Calais Campbell mold. I mean, built a little differently. Um, but like same thing, pass rush run stopper. Yeah. Another twofer and, and a team captain. So another like re- well-respected guy. Yeah. Um, I mean, just think about a defensive front that would include Brandon Williams next to Calais Campbell and reportedly next to Michael Brockers. I mean, that is some serious weight to move around in the middle of that defense. And so we've spent so much time talking about linebacker. You know, who, how are the Ravens going to address the linebacker spot? All these guys are free agents. They would like to get somebody there. Well, they obviously could do that during through the draft, which you, we've talked a lot about, and I still think that there's a very high likelihood of that. But one way to help whoever is at linebacker is just to keep blockers off of them. And when you've got Calais yep. Campbell up there in the middle next to Brandon Williams, that is one way to keep your linebackers clean and allow them to just go run and tackle. Yep. Yeah, to me, to me that enables you to get more of that playmaking inside linebacker, you know, like, like you see in the draft this year, uh, you know, with Oklahoma's Kenneth Murray and LSU's uh, what's his name, Patrick Crean. Like those are fast sideline styling blitzing. Like, I mean, you can put them on the edge. Uh, Murray, they came off the edge occasionally. I mean, versatile, fast guys. It's not like you need a, an inside linebacker to do mop up duty. Right. I mean, he's not, these guys up front are going to be the brick wall getting a lot of tackles. Now, of course your linebackers will too, but I think it, it, it frees you up to have more of a playmaking linebacker as opposed to the, the security blanket. Um, yeah. I mean, those, those three guys up front and defensive line, that's a thousand pounds, a thousand pounds. That's like your waistline. <laughs> well, by the time this quarantine over is over, that's definitely going to be true. You, you got the quarantine 15? <laughs> Not yet, but give it a little bit of time. <laughs> you're, you're one of those people that stocked up and ran ran their stockpile over the weekend, no, weren't you? Well, I, I don't think I will be a quarantine 15 because I, I was – I mean, I relied so much on, on the lunch at work. Now, it's a healthy lunch, so, so that's a bonus, but – it was also there was an endless supply of it, so I don't have an endless supply. I'm trying to ration things here, so uh, that might help me keep off the the quarantine fifteen. Is that a thing that's going oh, around, or did you just coin that? I, I think I saw that, but I don't know if it was the quarantine. It has a nice yeah, ring. I to didn't it. know if that was like a thing, you know. But <laughs> you started it. You're the social media guy. You tell me, Mister Hashtag. <laughs> you should. You got all to all the listeners at home. I will give Garrett some credit. Before we left the office, you were like, it's time to take home the snack drawer. That that puppy got cleaned out. I was I was scroll I should have been scrolling away more food, quite honestly. <laughs> <laughs> to, to take home. But I, I I did pretty well for myself. I'm I'm glad to hear it. Um so just in terms of just to get back to some football stuff. So <laughs> beyond the addition of of, of Campbell. I also look at what the Ravens did by by uh, franchising Matthew Judon, and uh, it's it just goes back to me like s- solidifying that front seven. We always talk about like what the Ravens discuss when they go uh, have their offseason summit with Eric DaCosta and John Harbaugh at uh, Steve Bashotti's house in Florida. Like what are the, what's the conversation there? To me, it seemed like the first the the first thing on the to do list there was let's solidify the front seven. I mean that's what it seems like their priority was 
you franchise Judon, so he'll be back next year. And then you get some really good pieces around him. All of a sudden, this defense, which was good last year, particularly in the second half of the year, you already have the best secondary in football. Uh, I'd expect that to be the case again. Um, and now you're going to have a really good defensive front. Uh, you've got a good pass rusher in Judon. Like, is the defense... Sure, you would like to get a, a, a linebacker in there, and maybe you can do that during the draft. But I, I don't feel like the defense has some glaring needs, like big glaring needs right now. I think it's it's pretty solid, uh, especially if you find a linebacker in the draft. Yeah, totally. I mean, I think inside linebacker, like we were just talking about, is the, the one spot. Obviously, you know, you only have LJ Fort returning as in terms of a starter uh, right now. You know, Peanut is still a free agent. Uh, Josh Bynes is still a free agent. There's been reported some some mild reports that the Green Bay Packers could be interested in Josh Bynes. I mean, is there a chance that he just boomerangs and comes back? I, I, I don't see why not. I, I mean, right? I mean, Josh Bynes was pretty good. If he's still sitting there on the market after, you know, a, a couple waves, why not? I mean, I'm with you on that. Like, he he obviously played well. Um, he's not going to cost a huge amount of money. So if they make that decision, especially if, if you get into the draft and then Queen and Murray are, Murray are gone, then what if it is Bynes at Fort? I don't think, and especially with what they've done up front, I think you'd still be in a really good spot defensively. Is it impossible to say that, you bring back Josh Bynes before the draft and still drafted inside linebacker in the first round. I, I mean, I don't think I don't, I wouldn't feel like a, a rotation or a mixture of a rookie Josh Bynes and LJ Fort sounds pretty good to me. Sure. Um, I, I mean, the Ravens are pretty thin to that position. I just think that at the right price, I, I would not rule out a Josh Bynes return. Heck I wouldn't rule out a peanut return at the right price. I, I mean, I like both players. Um, so you know, but I think the Ravens obviously are, are looking for some new blood there. Uh, but I, I wouldn't rule out returns. I think Peanut might be looking for a fresh start. I he might be, but you know, we'll see. Right, and and I think a lot of these things depend on what the market holds. Like, so you you bring up Bynes just as an example there. Like, uh, you know, we talked a couple of days ago. I, I feel like he might be out there for a little while, and that there's not necessarily a rush. Maybe that's changed, and someone's going to scoop him up before the draft. But you know, I would have thought that that he would have been somebody you could consider after the draft. Um, and I would I don't expect Peanut to hang out there that long. Like I think mm-hmm. I'm really curious to see what the market is for him uh, because he seemed to be he didn't have a great season. Um, it was a bit of a disappointing year for him. Um, but he played really well the year before, um, and there was talk of the Ravens working out a long-term extension with him. So I just don't know what the market will hold for him. Um, he's he's tough to pin down. He's really tough to pin down in my mind. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I would agree with that. If you're talking right now uh, about bringing Ravens back after they test the market, who's more likely, Josh Bynes or Jimmy Smith or Brandon Carr? Right. Um, well, well, Carr, you know, reportedly the Ravens didn't pick up his option. Um, right. So you're saying basically just come back on a lesser deal. Um, exactly. I would say, or my guy Hurst. <laughs> Still holding out hope, huh? Bring him back. Bring you. You know, I texted him that I was like, you better, you know, I'm just saying, you can, you can come back. You know, according to me. You know, what do you say? What do your inside sources tell you on that? Is he coming back? He didn't say he's coming back. 
but he said his agent mentioned that as potentially something that could happen down the road. So we'll see. So, oh man, yeah, Jimmy is just so to, to, like I've. How many times have I said that I like the idea of bringing Jimmy Smith back? Well, you, you Jimmy, Jimmy is your James Hurst. Yeah, he's my guy. Yeah, he's my guy. <laughs> yeah. Um. So he, the fact that he, there's been no buzz around him. And he's been out there, um, and it was clear that the Ravens are going to let him test the market, so he's testing it, but it doesn't seem like there's been a deal, you know, now we're, we're, the, the market's been open for, you know, 24 hours uh, officially, and then the t- legal tampering period, we're, we're three days into it. So uh, the fact that there hasn't been any talk about him makes me feel like maybe he does come back. And maybe he says, all right, I tested the market, but I feel like the deal that I would get with the Ravens is is of value. Um you know, I, I felt like it, I would be a little surprised if the Ravens didn't have either Jimmy Smith or Brandon Carr on the team in 2020, that both of them are gone. That would kind of surprise me. Um, so I think that of those guys, I might point to Jimmy as the most likely to return. Interesting. I, I, I think I would point to Bynes. I mean, Jimmy's the most expensive, so that's the knock on him. You know, there's just, right. as you as you went through earlier, that there's not a ton of cap space. Um but, but I also think he has the highest ceiling of any of those guys. Um, plays a really important position, so uh, he would be my pick as of now. Yeah, I I think going back to this, how much salary cap space the Ravens have, you also have to factor in they need you need to leave a certain amount to sign your draft picks, to sign some of your restricted free agents that you tendered, um, which is going to be interesting, according to reports. You know, lower tenders on Skura and Gus Edwards. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see what happens there. Does the team make it a run at, at Skura? I doubt it, um, considering he's coming off a knee, and it remains to be seen how this whole medical process is going to work. Uh, you know, what happens with Gus Edwards? Is there a team that, that could be interested in him? You know how we feel about Gus Edwards. Right. Big fans of the bus. Um, so... You know, and and you have to leave a certain amount of wiggle room for deals to get done in season. Yeah, you know, so you have to be able to sign the Josh Bisons or the Justin Ellis's. You know, like last year, you just you don't go into a season with with zero. <laughs> You're right up against it. Yeah, uh, exactly. You, you need you need a little bit, leave a little bit. So, um, so yeah, yeah. Anyway, that's all we have time for today. But we got some good stuff coming around the corner. Uh, I'm going to give a little teaser here, Garrett. Eric DaCosta is going to join us on the podcast on Monday. Yep. Okay. Dick Cass is going to join the pod on Tuesday. And my phone's blowing up right now from a man named Chad Steele who's trying to help us out with a little bit of Calais Campbell coming on the pod tomorrow. Oh, baby. Oh, baby. I can't wait till you hear Calais. It's going to sound like this. Here it is. Hello, I'm Calais Campbell. That's a terrible impression. It's a terrible impression. <laughs> I'm, I'm Calais Campbell. <laughs> he it does have a very, very deep voice. A very deep voice. Can I get Please do deeper? not do that impression for him tomorrow. He's going to hang up I immediately. Uh, <laughs> I might hang up. I might hang up too if you try it again. <laughs> Should I just bounce it off and see what he thinks? No, don't even try it. Don't even try it. We're just meeting the guy. We don't want, you know, he's going <laughs> to know you're a clown eventually. We don't want to start off on the bad foot. <laughs> yeah, I always have enough. T- There's always enough time for me to make a bad impression. 
<laughs> anyway, thanks for listening. You can always reach us at the lounge at ravens.nfl.net and tune back in for some of these all-star guests that are going to dominate the podcast we've been having recently with me talking a bunch of nonsense. So tune back in. Talk to you later.